podcast in three, two, one. Check it out while I'm the master of balance With multiple talents I provide the landscape, baby You provide the challenge I've been broken down and out And look at the sound that I'm drowning out I'm around the town and I'm round about It's better than a kick in your freaking mouth These words might scare you Make you tremble and double dare you Now we're always learning Always listening and very burning you're not checking the resume, two thumbs down is what they say. Hello, hello. You are back inside the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We're streaming on the web at KUCI.org. We are podcasting each and every sultry minute of this show. You can check us out at KUCI.org. You can uh, log on to our archives, scroll yourself down to the chat room, and uh, you'll find all of our shows up there. It is April 20th. It is 5 o'clock. Our cocktails are poured, and uh, and we're welcoming a guest into the chat room. I'm here, your host, Marie Stone, as I'm here every week with uh, my awesome co-host, Dana Flores. Hello. 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 And uh, you brought a friend. Indeed. This friend has some interesting dating stories in general. This isn't an expert. We've been talking, Marie, uh, behind the scenes about getting in some experts and some professionals, but... Yep. Every so often, you just got to get kind of a commoner's perspective, maybe? Yeah, I guess that's me, commoner. You got Definitely to not an expert. <laughs> Brian Perkins. Welcome, Brian Perkins. Um, you are a kind of up-and-coming comedian and connoisseur of heartbreak, maybe? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Definitely up-and-coming <laughs> comic, and I'm well-versed in heartbreak. Aww. And thanks, uh, Marie and uh, Dana, for having me. Oh, Absolutely. welcome, welcome. I love new people. I love need meeting new people. Yeah, I do too. I'm a actually. Brian a, loves meeting new people because he's dating them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm a real big fan of your show. Oh, I've, I've been listening to a few of the podcasts, and I'm really learning a lot about myself. Oh, so thank that. you. Awesome. Oh. A few things that I've oh. learned from your show oh, okay. right off the bat. I'll just get, yeah, get some interest, and maybe this will be a catalyst for the conversation. Yeah, tell me about me. Yeah. <laughs> from learning your show, I'm listening to your show. I've learned that number one, I can be codependent. I am a stretch mark limo. It's a term I heard on this show <laughs> in past uh, weeks. I'm f- very food insecure. I believe, Dana, you brought that term up. Yep. Um, I need to follow the rules that you were talking about last week due to my unhealthy brain, apparently. Um, I blame the universe for everything. And I am my own number one somehow. Wow. Yeah. Aww. And I keep a child in a cage. Awesome. Well, I did. I I think social services just texted me. <laughs> Elizabeth seems to have had a major impact on you, right? Because she's really the veteran here. I've only been here two or three weeks, so that's mostly her influence, I'd say. Although food insecure, that was my... That I've heard a lot of you in those. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of you. The yeah. stretched limo. You were a stretched limo, too, coming out of the shower, right? Weren't you? Oh, right. We That was one of the rules, right? No, you no, were talking about... that was about, my cruise. Right. That was my cruise, yeah. Yes. Men getting out of the shower... VW Volkswagen Bugs with flat tires, stretch, or stretch limo. limo. So yeah. I guess stretch we could, stretch limo. We could awesome. start with how how do you see yourself when you jump out of the shower? Stretch, stretch limo, limo or <laughs> VW Bug? 
I, I try not to look, like, in the same way that when I use the restroom and flush, I don't look. Uh, peripheral only. Yeah, just, <laughs> I just move forward with my day. Um, you might be the only one, because every guy I know, would that's all he would do is look. But, okay. I, I think right. it's strange, but... Um, <laughs> you back out of the shower. <laughs> all I know is, you've like, my structure has been uh, collapsed by you guys, and I came here to help rebuild. Okay. Um, You're a blank slate now. You're putty in our hands. Yeah, but I still have body image issues. Right. And I don't know how to work past them. Yeah. So why don't you describe yourself, and then Dana and I will describe you, and we'll see what matches up. How do you see yourself, physically? Okay. Uh, hmm. My hair always looks like I ran to wherever I'm at. Uh, I have an oversized head that I usually cover up with a, a load-bearing beanie. Uh, my body type, uh, the doctor once said it was off-putting. But I think it's more of a, a bag of sand, and if you punctured it and all the sand came out, that's what I look like. Just kind of just out there, forward. Um, no fashion sense. I'm kind of just like, it's clean, wear it. It's not clean. I'll take that chance. Um, when I go out on Friday night, um, I, I, just, I know it's a problem because I, I know the, uh, the opposite sex is, you know, they're, you could say they're into uh, physical appearance. And I usually go out of the house in a uh, Snuggie with pajama jeans, Crocs, and a cap. And that's it. Are you talking about a Snuggie, like one of those blankets that you crawl into? Yeah, I'd be, I be dazzled it down the back. So it's more like a, just a loose-fitting shirt. I like to call it my flowing shirt. And, and, and it, has, it doesn't have feet. So it just it go, like goes over the top of yeah. you. Are you talking about that commercial that we see for like $19.99 you can get a... The same. Yeah, okay. Awesome. What and color I, is yours? Uh, it's teal. Yeah. And I usually deal. Febreze it before heading out the door. <laughs> and I don't know why I can't meet a woman. <laughs> so maybe you guys can help me with that. Well, maybe, Marie, we should start with what you see. Yeah, uh, I was going to say it's it's awkward for one guy to describe another guy. But it, you can you can take I can, a shot. I can give it a shot. Okay. I would say that you have a hipster homeless look that I think certain girls would be into. I've actually said that in my act. It's homeless chic is oh, how I, ter- okay. I coined that term. Homeless <laughs> chic. You just confirm my suspicions. <laughs> like so your thanks, hair, Dana. your hair does not look like you've been running. It looks like you just don't care, but you don't care on purpose. You're trying to look like you don't care. It, it, well, it's just what well, it's hard to maintain too. It's kind of like has a like a Brillo pad type texture and it eats combs. And but uh, one girl said um, that it looks like a bird's nest. This is harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, are you I, hanging out with? I, this very, kid. very mean women. Are these You're exes? Filipino. You should say it. You should, you're Filipino. Uh, a little bit Irish and a little and bit of a... Irish. 16 other races. Okay. Yep. But I, everybody assumes I'm Mexican, but I, I, it's really hard for somebody to latch on to what nationality I am. So I just say Eskimo usually. Eskimo. I like that. Thanks. I like that. Eskimos are hot when they're not cold. I personally <laughs> don't know any. <laughs> I don't either, but... <laughs> I think Brian has gorgeous skin. Brian's skin is this like that's true color that Great I tone. love my coffee to be. You know right. that you you well, put you. just a little bit of milk in your coffee and you've got Brian. Yeah, well, because it's it's awesome. it's cool in here and I'm relaxed. But usually this beautiful skin I have is soaked in sweat and clammy, and that's maybe <laughs> girls don't like that either. <laughs> He's selling himself. <laughs> you have a light colored beard, which is really interesting. It yeah. comes in red too, believe it or oh not. Oh my god, oh, dude. Yeah. Nice. You, and you're my not Scottish ancestry. Growing out your red beard? I, oh yeah. my gosh. Now it's, oh, that's a good idea. It looks idea. like a bear caught in a trap when I grow it out. I'm not oh. gonna grow it out. I think I think my youthfulness is uh, <laughs> You should kept totally intact. grow it out. And you're thirty two. 
I am, unfortunately. And he has the sweetest eyes. You could drown in Brian's eyes. His eyes are totally, yeah. yeah. One of them is usually lazy, too, but I'm having a good eye day. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And you have a very upbeat kind of smile. You don't seem, even though maybe you're sad on the inside, we can't see it. I had, it was a smile implant that I had. Oh, in, oh and so. dimples. He's very, yeah, yeah and dimples. I one know. dimple. I can't find the other one. Can you see <laughs> no, it? I see I it. have I one big one, and I, the other, yeah. you know, the other has a timeshare down in San Clemente. <laughs> <laughs> and he's incredibly accessible. I love that. You know, that, that, you know, you could tell you anything. Yeah. I might. I might tell you anything, so be careful. <laughs> awesome. No, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to write it down whenever you tell me to. All right. So let's let's delve a little bit into your dating history. So you oh are boy. 32. Yes. Your longest relationship was? A year and a half. A year and a half. And yeah. it ended because and by whom? Um, oh, geez. We're opening Pandora's box. Well, I, well, actually, that's not true. My longest one was three years, but that was like when I was 16 or 17. So I don't count that. Adult no, you can count that. Were you, did you lose your virginity with that girl? Um, no, actually, I, no, I can't say what I was going to say, but yes. Yes, yes. I did. Okay. Go ahead. And, um, say. uh, that one just ended because, uh, I was, a, I was a jerk. I told her that, you know, like, uh, when I say, I had this moment of clarity. We're both young and I told her we're going to move in our different paths in life, in life, you know, like this isn't going to last forever because we're young and the world is full of opportunity. And she took that as it's over. So um. she stopped calling me and. Aside from that, I've had a year and a half relationship that ended because I am, I was going through, it was my uh, late 20s kind of layabout phase, and uh, <laughs> she had a trajectory that I wasn't a part of, oh. so that's why that ended. How did it start? Uh, where most of my relationships do, either in a bar or backyard party. Oh. And this one in particular started? In a backyard party. Over mm-hmm. alcohol? Yes. Yes. I don't think I've had a relationship that stemmed from something, you know. Sober. Yeah. Yeah. No. No one has. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly helps. Yeah. It does. But how, this is, rolling. let's just kind of take this year and a half relationship and take it as maybe some kind of model for the rest of your relationships and just dig into some, some of the themes that you see there that maybe are carry over to the other ones. Did you see some red flags early and ignore them? Um... I can't really assess if I saw any red flags because I don't, I maybe, I don't really ponder that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not quick to find faults. I'm more of a kind of uh, take-it-as-it-comes type of person, and I could see how the opposite sex can be put off by me and how I'm not critical. And I think that's an issue I've had in a lot of my adult relationships where uh, I guess the best way to put it maybe is a lack of seriousness. They perceive that on yes. your part. Yes. And that upsets them? They have actually voiced oh, concern? Yeah, and I think I've lost many relationships to that uh, lack of structure. So is not serious about your own life or not serious about the relationship? or not Well, I think those things kind of just blend together. Yeah. If, if you don't have respect for one, it's going to kind of manifest itself in that other right. area. Right. And so who who makes the first move when you're in the backyard party and you've both had a couple of margaritas or classically they've always have I'm not this you know I'm not gonna be like I need to get that you and me we're <laughs> going places I'll meet you back by the gig no it's it's more of a just like I'm I'm really bad with signs too like if somebody's interested in me I'm like huh why are you so close you know that kind of thing um, why is your hand on my crotch yeah what does that mean. <laughs> 
weird. No. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Who makes the first move oh, and yeah. how it's made. And, yeah, yeah, it's usually them. And it's always to the point of, you know, that like, to like if, if I'm uh, like making out with somebody, I'm, I don't think I've ever been like, I'm going to do this now. And it's always been them to the point where I'm like, just like, like a deer in headlights, like, what's happening? <laughs> Even oh, now at 32? Yeah, which is weird. And I guess that, you know. It's part of a bigger problem, maybe. <laughs> That's a different show. I'll give you a little secret tip from women. Okay. Well, from one woman who hasn't had a ton of dating experience either. <laughs> but, but here goes. Women love, I'm sure this is the first time you've heard this, so write this down. Women love confidence. Women Yes, love. write that down slowly. I'm going to underline confidence, too. Yeah. So no, I think, I think that's... Um, I think that is one way men stand in their own way. That yeah. they're not, I mean, you don't have to be a jerk yeah. and a you know, douchebag. But, well, but being a confident, yeah. in control, you know where this is going and you're happy to steer the boat there is not a bad thing. Yeah, well, I think when it comes to me too, a lot of the times I offset stuff with humor. Yeah. And that, like, I'll get some people that say like, oh, you seem like a, like a, uh, like a tool. Can I say that? Yeah. Um, because I am, I'm, you know, I don't take any, everything seriously, and I kind of, like, if they're trying to have a moment, you know, that's real with me, I'm just like, you know, uh, you know just kind of deflecting it right. with humor. And I, yeah. yeah, no, that is true. That is true. It's hard to have a serious conversation or, or yeah. move on if, you, yeah, if the it other person really isn't going to rise really times, too, I do that, you know. It's <laughs> like, you shouldn't say that at this wake, you know. Or, <laughs> yeah. I, so... so I had a question. Why do you think you don't kind of make moves? Was there anyone at that party, let's let's say the the party with the year and a half lady, was there anyone at that party thought, oh, okay, I just, that's interesting over there. I want to talk to her. Well, no, I, the thing about that night is I remember seeing this particular person and thinking like, oh my God, that's the one. But I just turned it inward and I carried it around like a heavy backpack, you know, and it... There was weeks. someone there? No, that person. So you did like her? Yeah, I did. And you got lucky I, yeah. that she approached you? Yes, but I just oh. kind of just, you know, still let it happen. I made no inclination that, you know, I wanted it to. Okay. You're yeah. much like um, you are with women with your microphone, so you can stay as close to it as possible. Yes. Not, it won't kiss you back. <laughs> Is that better? That's so much better. For the last 10 minutes, have I like, sound like I was in the other room? I keep <laughs> potting you up, but you're good. You're good now. Don't be afraid of it, though. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> so I think I hear some themes, which is women like to talk about stuff that I don't want to talk about. And another thing is I'm not really too serious about anything. I don't really have a major need for a girl. Yeah, that's another weird thing about me is like I have no... Like, I could fly solo, no problem, you know? I mean, it would be nice, but in my old age, I know that, um, oh, I know, that I, I'm just kind of waiting for something to happen that I don't, like maybe a, like an, I have an old sense of romanticism, but just inverted. Right. You're waiting for your knight in shining armor? Oh, and okay. satin armor, probably. <laughs> satin armor. <laughs> It'd be kind of awkward and noisy, and I'd be like, turn it down. In the lacy uh, corset ar armor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That got me excited. So tell me about the women you're attracted to. They, I assume they're very dominant. I assume uh, well, they're aggressive. Well, you know what? Yeah, for the most part. Um, the last few, not really. Uh, well, you know what? No, I can't even say that. The last one I met up in uh, Northern California, and uh, she, she was very, 
very uh, dominant and aggressive. So much so that, you know, I just, like, take the wheel. I'll just, I'm looking at the Thomas guide. This is your car. We go. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's right. easy, though. I'm like... You guys were talking about arranged marriages last week. I, I think at this point in my life, I would just settle for that. Somebody just to come in and tell me, like, no, oh, this person, they're yours. Well, all right, cool. Well, it is funny because you've said twice now, so I've known you for 17 and almost going on 18 minutes. And twice in those 18 minutes, you've said, I asked if you had ever been married, and you said, no, and I probably never will be. And then just a second ago, you said, you know, but I'm fine. I'm okay alone. So I'm wondering if your sense of self, and this is totally cool is as a single person and this is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy to keep yourself single yeah maybe that goes back to my abandonment issues you know it's it's i there's uh less heartache if i'm just you know do what i do and not have to worry about you know meeting somebody them liking you and then eventually hating you because you are how you are right yeah right right so the pattern of kind of like it always turning sour is what you feel like probably will be repeated and what's the point it's more fun to be alone yeah as sad as that sounds no, you know, no, that, that doesn't sound no. sad yeah. i think there's a tendency for people to assume they have to be with someone at all times. right the re- the best thing to do is find the person that works for your life where everything you do is something that she appreciates and she fits in all your little pieces what people tend to do is people that are a little maybe needier than you maybe like me dana Mm -hmm. is i settle for all these bad women all along and try to beat them into submission to accept me whereas it would have been better to be alone more often to get a better sense of who i am right so i could better say no or yes to this or that person the one thing i could imagine that could help your process is being proactive is being more active in thinking about or uh, kind of approaching women. Because it is, although it's stereotypical, from my experience, it tends to be that most women will not make the first move. It's actually one of the things, it's very risky. That's when you get rejected. So it's difficult to find that. That being said, Brian, if you feel strong enough that you don't want to make the first move, then Maybe the kind of woman that would make the first move is the kind that would work for you. You just haven't found the right one yet. The other pieces aren't there yet. Yeah, and I think I'm still in the period like you had where you had to, or should have where you like found yourself. I think I'm doing that now. Right, you're just getting an yeah. idea. Yeah, I think after 32 years of living, I'm just now getting comfortable in my own skin. Oh, well, that could take, you know, 80 years. Yeah. <laughs> I know people that are never comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. So tell me about that first encounter with her. So you're over by the keg or wherever you are, and she does what, and you respond how, and then how far does it go that night? Uh, we just had uh, that moment where I looked at her and she looked at me and Dreamweaver played in my mind. And um, <clears throat> we had this uh, very interesting rendezvous by the bathroom mm-hmm. where uh, I think I romantically uh, said to her, are you next to mine? And she said, yeah. And I knew at that moment that, yeah. You were going to hook up in the bathroom? Yeah. No, no, that, no. <laughs> that in a week or two, I'm going to try to maybe text or call her and see how that goes. <laughs> That I'm, does not sound like she was forward at all. That actually sounds yeah. like you were forward. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Was there a signal she gave? Sounds like she had to go to the bathroom. Did she still? <laughs> maybe that was the signal. She just had to use the restroom, and I misunderstood. But all I know is it eventually worked for me. I thought I'm going to get her pants down in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> My first thing he thinks of is her going to the restroom is her nude. Yeah. So you thought, she's coming on to me, right? This is obvious. Yeah. She wants me. Yeah. So... Are, are you actually making more moves than you let on? Um, 
by making moves uh, stalk incessantly, maybe. That would count. <laughs> that yeah. would count, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just I break them down, and they're just like, fine. <laughs> okay, I'll go to, you know, Shaky's Bunch of Lunch with you. Just stop calling me. <laughs> maybe you yeah, maybe have a point. <laughs> Uh, you are tuned into the chat room at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Dana Flores and me, Marie Stone, are sitting in the chat room with Brian Perkins. And, uh, and he's telling us all about his dating life. And um, so we're so kind of the, the construct of the show, Dana might be able to explain this a little bit better than I. But what we want to do is take sort of the real man off the street, the funny man, <laughs> The real funny man off the street who's 32, who's single, whose um, longest relationship has been a year and a half, and sort of deconstruct from a guy's perspective why it's hard to date, why it's hard to stay with women, and um, what what he's found in his many attempts at love. Yeah, yeah I, I think my experience differ, differs from the average, uh, you know, male trajectory. I think everybody would say that, though. Yeah. Don't you think every guy says his... I don't even even know what it means, like, to be that, you know? Right. I don't know if any guy does. No. I mean, there's... I went to high school with those that do, and they were not nice to me. That, you know, from what I understand, from what I've read about you in articles online, you're more of a counterculture person. You're less of a mainstream kind of average Joe. I suppose. I mean, you used to play in a band, right? This yeah, just uh, a silly little punk rock band. Right, but, you know, your average guy probably just goes to school, gets a job, gets married, has kids. So you are on a, on a kind of a personal creative trajectory, which is unique. Yeah. So I'd say that there is an aspect of uniqueness to your life. Yeah. Women, and, well, it's, it's just a last resort type of thing. I've tried my hand at regular, you know, day jobs, and I have to, you know, I'm on this kick where it's, I either... Uh, succeed at something artistic or there's you know really no point going on anymore i'm at that stage now do you do stand-up comedy like yes, in I clubs do. yeah yeah women dig that sense of humor way high on my list like yeah. number two I, then how come i can't meet any of them <laughs> <laughs> well let's deconstruct yeah. your last how how close have you gotten to meeting someone at a comedy show and kind of what happen can you remember uh the the f- it was the first show i did at the comedy store on sunset and i had i had the perfect opportunity to meet new people i had just come off my first show and i did well and i was on the adrenaline rush and performing live for my first time and actually being successful at it and i went outside and there's these two beautiful women and they approached me at the show and they're, they're like that's not your first time right and i'm like no 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 it is and they're you know i had an opportunity to make something happen there with these particular women because they just seemed into it and i was you know just like well that was nice i gotta go now you know it's totally just <laughs> for uh, as a the nor- normal dude would have just been you know like well let's strategically maybe maybe yeah. maybe looks isn't the only thing for you maybe your intuition your kind of gut was saying all right who are these broads like what are they into what's their thing yeah who do you find that you get along with when you do get along with? What kind of girls are they? Let's just kind of get a quick, if you were to, like, s- give us a snapshot. Are they the 10s? Are they the super hot? Um, I, I think they're somewhere in the <laughs> 5 to 6 range. They're nightly drinkers. Uh, they may be a waitress. Um, uh, they probably got their GED. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm just kidding about all that. Um, uh, that's the thing, though. If, if I were to, like... Don't sh- be harsh on nightly drinkers. What's yeah. With that? <laughs> no, that's, that's me. I'm actually drunk right now. That's why I'm saying all this stuff. 
I thought you said that was water. No, no, no. It's Belvedere Vodka. They paid me to say that. Um, <clears throat> Here's my perception. Hmm. That a woman could be coming on to you all the way hard and your defenses are up. That I'm not good enough. You don't want to be with me. Yeah, you know, what, whatever. Something's wrong with me. Something, I'm fundamentally flawed in some way. And you yeah. don't give them a chance. Probably. I mean, that's years of conditioning. I, I endured to get to this stage. And I'm glad you said what we were all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, all of those messages that you're sending both to yourself and to other people are so false. They're so untrue. But, you know, you've, you've totally convinced yourself, I can tell. And, you know, I'm sure after a year and a half, you've probably convinced this other woman. Yeah. Um, and what a, what a shame. You sh- you've shot yourself in, in your own foot. Yeah. I just heard, a sh- I, was, I was mentioning before the show started, there was a This American Life episode on about people who stand in their own way. And they were playing these phone conversations of this guy calling this woman and asking her out on a date. And he just got crazier and crazier and stockier and weird. And, you know, he's like, in my own head, I don't sound like that at all. But then they'd play the phone conversation back, and he so clearly sounded deranged. And uh, I get stockier when I get nervous. Or, do you mean yeah. stock or, like, heavy set? <laughs> no, I mean stock, like, no. like a scary person oh, no, calling no. you all the time. No, I don't do that. I just actually <laughs> I blow think you, when I get nervous. I think you mean stalker-eater. Stalker-eater. Yes, right, right, right. More like a stalker. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. No, that's definitely not me. <laughs> right. I reverse stock. Whatever the opposite of stock is, I do it. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> so you will wait for women to call you? Pretty much. And I'll, text you? I'll, <laughs> here's my thing. I'll, I'll send them casual messages, like, but I'm totally flirting with them. Like, hey, if you're not free sometime over the next month, maybe we can go hang out. But that's me totally, like, saying, let's go out tomorrow night. Right. But I'm just, free right now. Yeah, free right now. <laughs> I will run to your house. I'm actually outside. <laughs> maybe I am stockier. I'm looking at you through the window. Stockier. Ear? I don't know. Uh, so I'm hearing you say that there is an element of you, there's something in a relationship that you want, but it's it's difficult. The rejection is difficult, and yet you go on stage and risk rejection every time you go on. Yeah, that's that's I guess the dichotomy that's a little bit you know strange that I can do that in that situation, but when it comes to my own personal happiness, I'm the opposite. Yeah, and that I is that's I, a big opening up. Your good point. Good yeah. point, Dana. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, good point, Dana. Now, I feel that you have some... The comedy thing is almost... Could be looked at. There are some theorists that say there's two things we do. We survive and we replicate. No matter what you do, you're trying to survive or replicate. And when you do creative stuff or when you do comedy stuff, there is a school of thought that says you're trying to replicate. You're doing that to attract a woman. Actually, that's all my stand-up career has been. It's just, I'm just trying to, you know, qualify somebody. <laughs> I don't care about the jokes. I'm just trying to find somebody that can tolerate me. And they'll know everything going into it because I've seen your act. Now, are the jokes centered around you putting yourself down? Oh, yeah. That's all I know how to <laughs> write. I, I don't have any, like, witty, satirical, you know, political agenda when it comes to my humor. You know, I'm just just airing my dirty laundry. <laughs> So you had an online dating. Tell, tell us about oh, online yeah. dating. Oh, yeah. E-Harmony. Um, uh, an ex had uh, bought me a month of it because I guess she got tired of listening to me complain about how I was, you know, kind of uh, uh, 
free form in my uh, floating around. And um, so she bought me, I went through this ridiculous survey, you know, I was trying to get matched with her, like, 500 points of compatibility. And so I did that, and uh, it, like, it's, it set out its search, and it didn't find anybody locally. So it expanded the search to regional and didn't find anybody for me. But it finally located somebody in uh, New Mexico. And it basically found the female version of me. <laughs> so she drove on out to meet me, and I was just so disappointed <laughs> in this female version of myself that, uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a failed experiment. So she drove out. You hadn't seen photos of her? Well, we, we, we knew pictures. Like, but the, there were, you know, Internet photos with, right. uh, you know, uh, like green screen and uh, Vaseline uh, camera trick. Like, I think yeah. that her photos were maybe produced by uh, the guy that did Lord of the Rings because there's some really cool special effects in there. And then being in front of this person, you know, and that's just, I'm just shallow and terrible, but uh, it was just all the, all the eHarmony points just found... <laughs> found me in female form and that was just very disappointing to me you know because think of how i think about myself but myself as another person trying to interact on that level with me it was just yeah did you share that with her no i just said uh maybe i'll see you next time and she went back to new mexico next time you drive two thousand miles <laughs> to see me Ouch. yeah you know, it's that's an interesting uh, point that you bring up, that they found you, the female version of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done some experimenting on online dating, and from what I understand, that's what it does. Mm. The online dating services really? finds everything you like and all your kind of principles. They find out everything about you, and they find the, a female that actually agrees that, with all those that things. That idea is like, that's kind of frightening to me. It is know? to I, me, too. Yeah. Where's the open-minded people right. that want to discuss? No, no, no. Everyone online dating has a religion, and, and they feel a certain way yeah. about it, and that's stuck. They have politics, and they feel a certain way about it, and that's stuck. They feel a certain way about sex. They feel a certain way about this. There's no room for growth. What you're trying to find is someone that agrees with everything you you think. Right. And you and you found that, and you thought, oh well, this yeah, is not what that, I want. That, yeah, and yeah, it just wasn't my particular cup of tea. You know, it, to me, there'd be no excitement in that. You know, it's like, what movie do you want to see? Oh, I know what movie you want to see. Yeah. What book you're reading? Oh, I've already read that. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I know it's what an, you're thinking because <laughs> I'm thinking. It's emotional like masturbating. Are fini- is what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> like twins were finishing each other's sentences. And yeah. Who wants that? Yeah. People do want that. Yeah. It's clear that there's a market for that because these online dating services make money. Yeah. Someone's paying to find these. And the thing is, I think the relationships probably will work, but for how long? Hmm. How long do these relationships work where you're both the same person, but you may not even be who you're going to become. You're the person that at 32 is who you are. And are you going to be that person when you're 42? I hope not. Right. I don't either. I'd like to (laughs) become the person I'm supposed to be. Right. But there must be a certain selection or a certain section of the population that wants to stay where they are. They're like, I like my 90s rock. I'm going to stick with that. There's no new music. I don't want to listen to any new, only movies that are remakes of stuff I've already seen. I don't want any new TV shows. I'm curious to know if we looked at like the actuary tables of how many relationships stay together that were formed on eHarmony, aside from the commercial ones where like they found each other and they had this like beautiful moment, how many of them actually last? Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. I think that's going to be the next like kind of <laughs> test. And I have a feeling they're going to last. I just because they're 
I don't know if they're going to be happy, though. Yeah. I think they will stay in their relationship. You may have had some relationships that you stayed together even though it started to get bad. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, the familiarity and the comfort of it. And, you right. Know, the fact that you go home and those, you still have your validation or whatever from somebody. Then you, oh, I went through the motions many times. And that was, I'm, yeah. I regret that, you know. Knowing what I know now as opposed to back then. And I think in future relationships, if I ever have one, the moment something goes wrong, I'm just going to bail. <laughs> now, when you say That's something, <laughs> when you say something goes wrong, what does that actually mean to you? What does "go wrong" feel like to you? Oh, not putting the cover back on the cereal. Oh, um, not following your rules. Not yeah, deleting my TiVo shows. No, no, I don't. Um, are you like on Seinfeld where the tiniest thing sets all the Seinfeld characters off and they're like, you didn't put an exclamation point on my phone and you, message. Yeah, you ascribe a gone. name to it and they become that person, like the low talker. Like the low no, talker. I'm not at all like talker. that. <laughs> um, I, don't, I guess going wrong in my sense means when you just know that the, the lack of passion is there. And on you're just not, on, Yeah, or they're just not, when you could sense it from somebody that mm. they've kind of turned on you or in the rare case where I, you know, just was just going through the motions, not feeling it. Do you ever just do hookups as opposed to full-on relationships? Um, I, I guess, but I mean, um, <laughs> I've only had a couple of those. because I don't get anything out of them, and I'm not just saying that because I'm weird-looking and it's hard for a guy like me to do that. But, um, like, the type of hookups I had is, like, the stuff that you, like, tell your friends after a night of drinking. And, like, dude, that girl from the bus stop, I totally picked her up. She went back to my house. And it's, like, she was in her pajamas at the bus stop on the way to the courthouse. But I totally swooped in and snagged that. That Those are my one-night stands, you know. It's, like, they're just, like, after they were with me, they checked into rehab. <laughs> those are my one-night stands. Somebody, I heard somebody say, you can hook up, anybody can hook up any night in New York if you're willing to do two things. Stay in the bar until 4 a.m. because that's when all the pairing off happens and people just yeah. automatically pair off and go home or, and vastly lower your standards. Or you're like me and you lived in New York for a year and that never happened <laughs> except for the one time that you were staying at a client's house in the Trump Tower and you used that to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. True story. True story. True confessions. By Brian. I love that. I'm sorry to that lady that that was her place in the Trump Tower. Yeah, so what'd you do? You, you brought somebody back to... Oh, yeah. Well, because, you know, I'm saying the Trump Tower, and, you know, the the uh, uh, the blinds on the window are controlled by remote. So I just I brought somebody back there. Yeah, this is my place. I work for Campbell Soup. I'm the president. Watch these blinds. <laughs> <laughs> you brought her back from where? Where'd you meet her? Oh, uh, downstairs at a bar. Yeah. Hotel bar. Yeah. So you think it's money that's standing in your way? That if you had an apartment in the Trump Tower in New York... No, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I realized the situation for what it was. <laughs> that in that particular moment, I knew that would work. Nice. I Did guess. you do it on the couch? Um, no, in the Roman-style bathtub. Is that too much information? <laughs> no. Did you get a visual on that? Because yeah. I got a visual of my own self doing that, and I'm repulsed. <laughs> it's like, get that manatee off that woman. <laughs> She's drowning. <laughs> I love that in the bathtub. That's great. Kevin's going to kill me. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Uh, you are tuned into the chat room. 88.9 <laughs> FM in Irvine. We are with Brian Perkins. Brian is telling us all about his dating adventures and misadventures. And uh, and I'm sure to never hear from another woman again after this. Love American style. <laughs> 
Um, so you're so you're sticking with the bar approach. Um, well, no, that's the thing. I've kind of cut back my drinking, and I only go to bars to really perform at them now. So um, I haven't really been looking since my last relationship, with end, with, which ended about a year and a half ago, and I've been single ever since then. Okay. And without even any, like, conquests or, you know, I, I might as well move into, uh, like, I become a celibate monk. I'm halfway <laughs> to earning my robe. I just have to put in another six months. <laughs> Somebody, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss a theory out there to you. I was listening to um, a few people talking the other day, and their theory was that every relationship, I'm really curious about Dana's take on this, every relationship is should have a stopgap at a certain period of time. They were saying seven years. So at seven years, the default is you have to break up. And you have to reassess and re-woo the woman all over again or, or you know, re-express that you want to be with the guy. But you affirmatively have to split for kind of a period, you know, like a month or two to kind of reassess the relationship. And the counter-argument to that was the beauty of marriage is that you don't have to do that, that you're stuck. And there's some comfort in being stuck and you can't get out. I'm wondering what you guys think of that as men as opposed to if, if this is a male-female point of view or if this is, you know, different philosophy point of view, if it's good to have an out clause or if being stuck together is, is a good thing. Well, I can tell you from my experience, being stuck together, what tends to happen is bad things. Um, when you don't have, when there's no consequences, when there's no repercussions, uh, people tend to get mis treated abused i feel i think it's important at all times really that you can get out i'm i'm actually really mixed on marriage i like the idea of it but i don't really understand it anymore it almost seems like a psychological thing less than a an institution because really you can get divorced and then what happens? She takes money or something like that. I feel like you should be reassessing at all times. And the idea of marriage makes it so you don't have to be something is is sets a bad precedent for getting into a relationship that maybe should not have happened in the, the first place. Like, she lets herself go. The idea of her letting herself go kind of intimates that she wasn't who she was before, and now she's going to really be who she was. And she's hoping to score someone above her pay grade. And it seems kind of disingenuous. The idea of, I get married, then, then, I, then I calm down. Is it, There's something that rings of the rules. You know, similar yeah. to the rules. Very antiquated, yeah. And I... It's hard for me to endorse marriage, really. It's hard because... You see so many failures. California in particular is very, like... It's almost like there's no way to be objective. Your state is either going to be pro-men or pro-women. Texas and Missouri are pro-men. The guys get the kids there. They don't split any property. But in California, the poorest girl can marry a millionaire and walk away with a million dollars. It's just, it's difficult for me. And when the law gets involved, it kind of complicates things. And I, I just can't tell someone, get married. It just seems like, especially if she's pushing for you to get married, why? And when you say reassess after seven years, what, what would happen after? Has, do you know someone that's done this? 
Well, we were actually we were talking about some friends of mine that that do this all the time, that do sort of reassess everything all the time. But it, actually, this came out of the same This American Life episode, which I hate to keep drawing on, but I just found it to be fascinating. But the thing that struck me about doing that is that I think you're right, that in marriage it's easy to take each other for granted and it's easy to sort of rest on your laurels and either let yourself go or just take the other person for granted and assume they're just going to stick around no matter what. And I think two people getting married at 26 or 35 and with the expectation that they're going to be together until they're 80, even if you're, you know, changing for in a, in any direction that you've got to change somebody's going to change in 50 years together and so you know deciding if you're the same two people who got married at the beginning at 10 years into it or 20 years into it and whether it's still working for you rather than just being feeling like well we've been doing it this long so damn it you know i guess we're here for the duration is not a healthy thing no so. i agree i think the crux is and i'd like to hear your opinions on this you know the axiom, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Women have a lot of power when they're married, and I don't think a lot of them wield it in the best fashion. I'm talking about having kids so they can get child support and so they can get their needs met instead of m- raising a child. There's, I feel like there's a lot of corruption by at least a certain selection of the pop, certain section of the population when it comes to marriage. Marriage is... For some women, their profession, that's what they do. I get married. And it just seems, I guess it gives um, a bad, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth for the rest of us. I think like, well, why are we doing this thing where we're stuck in a contract and you can take me to the cleaners? Yeah. Why would I even want to tempt you with that? Why would I give you, show you my neck, sharpen the knife for you, and say, you don't have to, but you could if you want to. That you know, is like, I have this ace in this hole, you know. It's you di- sound like a divorced guy. But, well, I mean, I haven't <laughs> been divorced, but I've been close to that, and I've studied a lot of these things, and it's, it's upsetting the kind of power that women are given by law. And the thing is that women abuse it now but men abused it back then so it's not like this is a new thing before a lot of the child support laws and a lot of the uh, alimony laws men were men were abusing women especially before uh birth control yeah a man could impregnate a woman and just take off yeah and there was nothing she could do about it (laughs) right exactly (laughs) so it's like now we have we have the opposite where the power of the law has come down on the women's side and oftentimes it's unfair and yeah i don't know the benefit of a man to getting married except to express to that woman how much he loves her now interestingly my my statistics that uh, you know my informal statistics i've heard that women tend to marry down at least looks wise because men are prone a slightly more prone to cheat than women and so the theory is if i marry down nobody will he'll want me more than the other women that are throwing themselves at him and or the other women won't throw themselves at him because he's a dog (laughs) no one will have him but i will i don't know yeah i don't know if that's true or not the only thing i can tell you around orange county is that i know a lot of women who are on top of the way they look and a lot of men aren't <laughs> Brian excluded. <laughs> but you know the the women are are so paranoid about being left and so paranoid about being cheated on and so 
freaked out that you know another younger model is going to come along and take him away that they're, they're in this race against each other to um, I'm, I'm put to off by marriage uh, if I can please yeah, yeah. Please do, please. Um, just for me personally like in my family my parents divorced uh, when I was like two my grandparents went through something after being married for a long time that almost ended their relationship and all my friends growing up all their marriages kind of just proved me that that kind of spooked me like I mm. in my 20s like when I saw late 20s also I saw all my friends getting married and stuff like that I was just like how can you do that you know it was like some one in three marriages end in California and that was like the scarecrow that I, idea in my head like I wouldn't even think about that with somebody just um, kind of put off by the idea of like I know how to word this um, <clears throat> which is funny coming from a comedian but um, like the structure of marriage, it seems like that book, that the rules you're talking about, it falls under that idea. Like when you guys were talking about that book, I thought, you know, when was this written in like the same year that 12 Angry Men was theatrically re released, you know? Who wrote 95. that? 95. Oh my gosh. 95. Was it Unearthed yeah. in a Type Capsule or actually written in that? <laughs> Did somebody find this book? We found this. Let's like refer to it. And, and it was just re-released a couple of years ago. By who? By the same authors, like an, an updated version of the rules. The rules now with all of the online dating and texting, and they wow. kind of had to do a, a boost up because some of the rules have changed with technology. Okay. Well. Yeah, no, that, the rules is alive and well, wow. I'm afraid. Well, not and in the so. world I live in. <laughs> or a lot of the people around my age, you know, even in their 20s, I think it's just kind of... Um, Crazy. Yeah. 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 I will say the generation younger, I guess it's probably now two generations younger than I am, but the, the college kids coming up today seem like they have a different conception of sex and dating and marriage than my generation. I'm 41. Than my generation does. I think I'm oh, the tail end of traditional, you know. Yeah. Like I was getting freaked at thirty when I, you know I mean I yeah. you know you wanted to you wanted to I think like that thing closed like yeah sex and sexting happens before the first date nowadays you just yeah, get right. out of the way and then well let's go to the Olive Garden after we <laughs> right. it works on that level now find find about you as a person right that's why I'm so get like you know I grew up in the age of AIDS. You know, AIDS was high on everybody's list in the '80s, so we were all petrified of each other. Sure. I mean, you know. The moment we have, <laughs> I mean, really, we get in hefty bags to have sex, you know, after a year. Or yeah, full body condoms. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. So, Marie, you are married. I and am married. what is your conception of it? Because, obviously, it works for you. Probably what it comes down to is it works for some people. Yes, how? Others. <laughs> yeah, how? I don't, you know, it's a, it's a daily, um, it's a, it's a, it's a daily, uh, not grind, but it's, um, it works well compromise? for me. It works well for me because I chose somebody who is painfully easy to live with. I mean, he is. I, I, do I they have a sister? <laughs> they do, but she's married too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I. Um, we talked about this earlier that I married very intentionally, and I married somebody not out of chemistry, but out of this checklist of I knew he'd be an awesome dad and an awesome husband and supportive and you know he always puts the toilet seat down and he's incredibly fastidious around the house he's just incredibly easy to live with and so so the opposite of me i i don't know you know i mean so there's just absolutely no complaints i mean he would if we weren't married he'd make an awesome roommate as well you know i mean he's just incredibly easy to live with mm. so he's he was he's been married before so i think he takes some of the some of that 
training is a horrible word that I hate to use, but he came to our marriage indoctrinated, exactly right. He had drank the Kool-Aid. So I should just do it, like have a test run marriage. Find somebody I like, just give give it a shot. Just give it a shot. And then I'll be ready for the next one. Right. Cool. Right. Like the chaser marriage, you know? Yes. Already did that. (laughs) That's right. Shot a wild turkey. Oh, God. Give me some pineapple schnapps. But yeah, he's he's just incredibly laid back and ha- you know happy. He's the like I've said many times on the show. He's the glass is half full to hmm. my glass half empty. He's very positive, so he's an easy person to live with. Hmm. Um, that helps. Yeah. And you were, from what I understand, he had a lot <coughs> to give to you, right? He was professional. Yes, right. He ha- did he have a home already? Uh, he did not. We bought, well, but you know, he bought our home mm-hmm. because I was had just graduated from law school with massive amounts of debt. Right. So, yeah. from what I'm understanding, a lot of women want to get married for a certain amount of either um, financial comfort or physical comfort. Right. Yeah, some kind of security. Because the truth is, Brian, and I think we men overlook this. Women physically tend to be more vulnerable. Just on a physical level, they're smaller than them, smaller than men. And on a social level, they're actually an object of interest. Other pretty girls look at her as competition. Guys look at her as like the thing they sh- that they want. Women, especially beautiful women, are under attack when they're out in the world. I don't know if you felt any of that, Marie, but I can imagine that it plays into why women do get married, why they go with really tall guys, you know, only tall guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I will say that when I met him, so I, and I think I've shared that we have a, an age difference, so he's 14 years older than I am. So when I, we got married, or when we met, I was 26 and he was 40, and I was dating uh, guys in bars. I was, you know, dating um, guys who drank a lot, and guys who played a lot of pool <laughs> and, and he looked like a grown-up i was like here's a guy who has his act together he was a partner in a law firm he yeah i get that a lot too. <laughs> you know i mean he you just looked firm, very <laughs> he just yes. had his ducks in a row or something you know i mean i gotta get some ducks yeah you gotta get some ducks in a row. Brian. yeah and i think that's actually an interesting point because brian when you say earlier that you know doing some kind of creative endeavor is so important to you it's crucial that these girls understand what you're about i'm not going to pay your rent i'm not going to buy you a car you want to have fun i'm the fun guy well that's questions i usually ask them too so maybe that's my problem how much money they have what's their bank account yeah like uh, rent due on the first (laughs) (laughs) and there are those women out there that would be your sugar mama there are sugar mamas in the world and they're not all fat and ugly. Can I give them my no. phone number so maybe they can call me? Well, there's no, no directory, but... <laughs> so what do you feel about this cougar phenomenon that's sweeping Orange County? The, uh, the women my age and older preying on poor young souls like you. I'm fine with it, but there's a genre of woman that has worked well for me. As, and it's older than cougar. I like, I like to go to gyms. Wow. And, yeah, and, okay. and look for the ocelots, I call them. <laughs> because it, it doesn't make any sense. And You're I, talking about women like in their 70s. Yeah, 80s. The, the type of woman that would consider me like a like a like a grandson vibe. Octogenarian. Yeah, they, they see the dimple, and I just you know I, I have them. Oh, Are you being serious? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I get them to write me a check for nineteen dollars. I saw Harold and Maude. There are guys that like <laughs> octogenarian women. That's true. Yeah. There will be no sex, but there will be lots of fun. 
There are, uh, hey, hey, hey. I know a lot of randy octogenarian women. <laughs> There's, there will be lube. but there will be <laughs> I'm actually on the verge of uh, 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 just becoming bisexual, just yeah. so I have the great, like, I, I'm a firm believer in the law of averages, and the more people I could approach, the, the more I can find mm-hmm. something that's right for me. So I might as well just open up that demographic. I mean, how could it hurt? Right. Aside from the obvious joke. So it's, you're, you're not just looking for Filipina, um, Irish women no, I just between settle, the ages of 20. I'll just settle for anybody that's willing. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you go to a bar until 4 a.m. in New York, you'll, you'll, you'll have success. I guess you've already had success tomorrow. in New York. <laughs> Apparently New York was already good to you, so that's good. Yeah. That's good. Any parting words of wisdom and advice, Dana? Yeah. Brian, what's... Uh, What's your next gig, I guess? Where are you going to be? Oh, um, uh, every Thursday at 8.30, I'm at the Sash uh, Comedy Nightclub in Norwalk, California, right off the 5 Freeway, 12500 Firestone Boulevard, and we're doing a uh, comedy competition every Thursday hosted by the very funny Ina Romeo from uh, the Comedy USO Tour in the Laugh Factory, and it features me. And also, you can look me up on Facebook.com slash Brian Lee Perkins or BP Comic. Facebook.com slash those two things, Brian Lee Perkins or BP Comic, and follow me. What does that mean, featured, just real quick? What does that mean when you're featured? Featured that at one point I'll be on stage with the mic okay. talking. You're not in the competition, but you get to go on. I, I think it would be an unfair advantage to the other comedians if I were in it, so I just kind of lay back and let them do their thing. That's cool. That's, yeah. That's exciting. So you're looking to... pro bono comedian work. So uh, going forward... You could have this one, guys. I'm this is out. your... <laughs> Maybe this will be your way of dating, right? I mean, this is going to be your social scene. Yeah. Are you finding that it's... I guess it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts about the future. Do you feel that this is going to be... Does it feel like you're meeting enough people to find someone that's kind of interesting to you? Um, yeah. I, I, hopefully. Um, I'm, I know I'm networking. And uh, uh, I think eventually I'm going to say something to the right person to have that stick. So, I mean, this is the form that I can do it in best. I, um, I'm not going to try to meet women at the grocery store, at the library. That just doesn't work for me. I can't even get in those places anymore. Mm. But, um, yeah, this is like my last out. Be funny until I, you know, find somebody that can tolerate me. It's so funny to hear him talk about 32 as being like, this is the last stand, and I'm Well, old I never even thought I'd live to this age. You know, I had a really wild lifestyle for a second there, you know. <laughs> I'm like, 32? Oh my yeah. God. You see, toilet trained? <laughs> You're so young. <laughs> Barely. Barely. <laughs> All right, my friends, you have been tuned into the chat room, KUCI 88.9 FM. If you missed any or all of this interview, you can find us at KUCI.org. You can uh, click on our archives. The show will be up there in about eight and a half minutes. <laughs> you can listen to it all over again. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys are amazing. You are awesome. I thought this was a comedy show. This wasn't very, this was very serious. It was a little serious. Oh. Dana, Dana's, Dana's taken it down the serious notch. It used to be a comedy show when Elizabeth was on here, but um, Dana's all serious. Well, hopefully I brought some of that spirit back. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. I think you're right. I think we I need think to you did. lean a little more towards comedy here and there. <laughs> get too serious well then i'll come back whenever come back whenever come back whenever all right we will be right back here with you next friday night at five o'clock so please plan on joining us then have a great week
Check it out while I'm the master of balance With multiple talents I provide the landscape, baby You provide the challenge I've been broken down and out And look at the sound that I'm drowning out I'm around the town and I'm round about And it's better than a kick in your freaking mouth These words might scare you Make you tremble and double dare you Now we're always learning Always listening and very burning You're not checking the resume Two thumbs down is what they say Get up to your dizzy, stay awake and thin like Lizzie Touch your trembling chest, to look at what a walrus digest Last Halloween, gave you my heart, very next day you gave it away Made you disappear, downtown yell, uptown rebel One love, one city, one now, got some raps and seas never heard 